Nation C being an answer to our prayers. Well, that's what Brian Burkett, the author of Zoomers, says. He is an expert on Generation Z, and we are on our third episode of the Generation Series. Listen to our conversation as we talk the good, the bad, and the ugly of Generation Z. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast, where we travel on over to California with my friend, Brian Burkett. And Brian, you are an author coach. You're a speaker. You're the author of the book, Zoomers, that just released. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But you're also a former pastor of really a church of what you call Zoomers, Generation Z. And you did that for what, 10 years? 10 years. 10 10 years. years. Okay, so we're we're really going to dig into Generation Z, and really, I don't think generations were that big of a deal maybe 20, 30 years ago. I mean, you heard talk about boomers and Xers, but ever since the millennials came along, we've really categorized different generations, but you are someone that, I don't know, I would say you're an expert in Gen Z, but not even just Gen Z, but other generations in general. So I would love to hear you explain the different generations for me. Because we're just going to dive okay. in. We're just going to dive in. Let's do we're it. Not, we're not wasting yeah, go any to time. The deep end. <laughs> this is how we do it. Yes. Let's do it. So, um, yeah, wow. Um, well, you know, there's seven generations on the earth right now. And uh, this is uh, my, my father and the Lord Francis and Pew. So we, we talk about this at length. Uh, so right out the gate, you have, uh, the silent generation. There's very few left, but they're mm-hmm. still there. And, um, and, you know, that was the, the world war two, um, you know, those, those, those peeps. And, um, those are the, those are the old men and women when I was growing up as a little kid. Now, and, um, are they, so, are they the same as builders or is silent and builders the same thing? Yes. Silent oh. builders are the same thing. Got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, after them, you have the boomers and the boomers, um, they, uh, boomers actually are, are, they, they say that boomers go all the way down into like, what is it? 64 or something, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually have boomers and then you have Joneses. And so, um, so the boomers, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. So, um, so boomers tend to be, um, look, my, you know, if, if my house works, if everything works, then I'm good. You know, if my car is working, if the house is good. If, if I can travel, if I have a quality of life, you know, um, it, boomers tend to measure things against lack. So if I'm not in lack, my life is good. Mm-hmm. And they measure that differently. Some of them say, well, if I have enough resources to go on vacation every once in a while, if I can play golf, if I, if I have a wood shop, if I, you know, whatever that is, the, 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 you know, if I can help my neighbors fix their cars for free, I mean, it's just about endless, but um, as long as they are not in lack, mm-hmm. then they're good. And they tend to have a hard time relaxing and just actually just enjoying life, maybe spending money um, on, a, on a large item, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Boomers tend to have a hard time doing that. They have to break out to do that. Got it. Um, do you think, I'm going to stop you right there. Do you think that's because yeah, yeah, they yeah. were raised by people who went through the Great Depression? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there's there's shame. There's mm. actually like uh, there's a shame attached to spending money that they really have to grow out of. And, and, and the boomers that do tend to be leaders that the boomers that that actually can 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 grab on to uh, an actual abundant moment without being greedy or, <laughs> you know, or or manipulative. Those tend to be leaders to the Got people it. around them because okay. because they broke out. 
Okay. Okay. So then you have boomers, and to be honest with you, boomers are my fave. I gotta be. It's just boomers. That's. Um. I mean, not boomers. Uh, Joneses. Joneses okay. are my fave. They really are. You know, God bless the boomers, but the Joneses are my fave. And um, the Joneses they tended to uh, have uh, parents that um that didn't really communicate. They they tended mm. to have um, alcoholic uh, parents. They tended to have. Um, so their parents were uh, this uh, the begi- the very early World War II um, uh, generation, but the early ones, so so the older ones, and so uh, it's a tended to be uh, predominantly abusive families. Uh, they um, they were not supposed to, they 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 have to fight for their voice. They mm. weren't really given a voice. So so the Joneses tend to want to fight for their voice, and this is this is sixty. One all the all the way up to like seventy two, maybe mm-hmm. sixty to seventy two, maybe even late fifties actually. Mm-hmm. So maybe like fifty seven, uh, and so they tend to be fighting for their voice. They want their houses to be a place of refuge. They want um, they want everybody to come over and hang out. They 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 set up their homes for this. Uh, the white picket fence. I'm, I'm being stereotypical here, um, but they you know they want a really nice car. They want to be able to travel. They want to have this this beautiful life that they didn't have okay and so they're still motivated by what they didn't have so this is uh so joneses so joneses tend to fight for their voice even when they have one (laughs) so so in ministry or things like that they don't just know how to usually they just don't know how to just sit back and actually have a voice it's kind of hardwired into how they communicate they're fighting for it constantly they they you know does that name come from the whole keeping up with the Joneses? Exactly. That's exactly where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Keeping up with, with which they would resent. But just about every generation that's named, they re, they resent their, their generation. <laughs> name, so. um, it's, it's just funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, but um, also with the Joneses, their they're strength. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're really uh, they're designed for community and voice. And when they when they when they can break out of their generation's propensities uh man they they rule Mm -hmm. the the joneses that that can allow community around them to happen without micromanaging it or mocking it um you know being sarcastic or biting comments because that's how they were hurt um they usually uh, tend to use biting comments sarcasms uh things like that or micromanage Mm -hmm. um in the name of care so it's a really hard it's really hard to do community around a lot of joneses because joneses tend to not let it happen they want it on their terms Got it. <laughs> because they're fighting for it. Because they had to when they were young, mm. and so um, but but they want it. They want it so bad. They just want to see thriving community around them. They want to see everybody have their voice. And um, they, I actually believe that they are the answer to this generation. I really believe that. Um, the Joneses. That's actually in my book. The Joneses. My book says boomers. I wish I if it wouldn't be a complete nightmare, I would go back and rewrite my book and say Joneses, but. Um, the Joneses, I believe, are actually the the answer to to Zoomers. Mm, okay. And I, when we get back to that, I can see I can we can get into why. Yeah, I'm about to say I'm, I'm <laughs> um, gonna wanna I'm I'm gonna wanna tap into that. So what's the the generation absolutely. after the Joneses? Gen X. So Gen X was the was the last feral generation, is what we call ourselves. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so um, we are like latchkey kids. We were living on Twinkies and Kool Aid and. You know, we were jumping our BMX bikes, and uh, everything was was. We were just always looking for the adventure. This mm-hmm. is this is pretty much how that went. So um, our parents were boomers, and so uh, the boomers uh, were just you know, as long as you're 
as long as you're getting by, as long as you're tough, you know, as, as long as you're scrappy. And that's, that's exactly what happened with Gen X. I mean, <laughs> Gen X got scrappy. And so, but the, the difference though is Gen X wants to do it their way. Mm. So Gen X loves traditions. We love Christmas and Thanksgiving and, and birthday parties and, and road trips and, and all these things. We want that tradition, but we want it our way. And so usually a Gen X, show me a Gen X that's, that's, uh, that's seen as a, as, a, as a successful Gen X by other Gen Xers, and they will have picked one thing in their life and gotten ridiculously good at it, even at the expense of other parts of life. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be the best plumber you've ever seen in your life or the best belt buckle maker or the <laughs> best. I mean, really, it's like it's they're strange. masters of you know, one. They'll be really good at karate. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One thing. And then a Gen Xer will pick that one thing. It, it could be mundane. It doesn't matter. And they'll get respect from other Gen, Gen Xers. They're like, oh, my gosh. That guy's really good at so and so, or man, that yeah. guy really that that girl. She's like, oh my gosh, she's the best painter you've ever seen in your life. Like, and we we venerate that. We want we want to give them praise for that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Gen Xers tend to be uh, we to such a degree that we want it our way that we tend to even withhold love if it's not. Mm-hmm. And and this is the weakness of Gen X. And so, in the family, uh, unless the kid is um, is doing it our way, they really don't know how to deal, how to um, interact with us. And because we think our way is so cool, we're like, no, you're going to do this. You're going to get into skateboarding or, or you're going to get into music or you're going to travel with me a lot or you're going to get into kayaking. And this is how Gen Xers raise their kids. Mm. You're going to be a mini me. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be me. And when the kid, the kid doesn't want to, most Gen Xers don't know how to deal with that except one door. There's still one open door. Mm-hmm. Gen Xers are obsessed with famous people. Really? We Oh, yeah. Gen Xers have their icons. Show me a Gen Xer that has an extra bit of money, and they usually go to concerts. They, they can tell you about who their you know, best musician here was, the best artist over here is, and they, they will ride that. They, they, they will stick to their guns on who's the best whatever because they, they, they love icons. They love them. That's they want to be icons themselves. Yeah. So they turn their kids into icons. Oh, so is it a lot of the Gen Xers that are kind of those stage moms, quote unquote, stage moms, stage dads? Well, they're the Gen Z parents. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so what happens is their their kids are like, okay, I don't want to get into, I don't know, whatever, wakeboarding or um, <laughs> making belt buckles. You know, I'm my own person. Mm-hmm. And I sense that my parents aren't are withholding love for me unless I do that. So I'm going to just hang out in this screen. Huh. Well, I I want to pedal and back. Then, oh, go yeah, ahead. I'm so sorry. Weird. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay. I'm I, I'm I'm going to hit the last three generations really fast, really fast, really fast. Okay, but can so, I um, I want to ask you one thing about the Gen X? When you said oh, yeah, I want to pedal back, and you said something about. They're the last latchkey kids. Now, do you think, or they're they're the, the, the last, last feral, feral kids? Generation. Yes, yes. Yeah, and they yeah. were latchkey kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that is because they're the first kind of generation that both parents were working? Because for a long time, mom stayed at home. Yeah. Even if she worked from home, exactly. she was still at home. So yeah. is that why they were yeah. kind of latchkey kids? Yes. Whenever you have a, a revolution based in bitterness and unforgiveness and dishonor, mm-hmm. you always have collateral with the next generation of kids. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's just how this works. Yeah. yeah, yeah I guess yeah. I never thought about it that way. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, now you have millennials. Now, millennials are so interesting. Millennials are the deconstructionists. 
they didn't. They're, <laughs> they're looking around and they're they're like, no, no, no. I got. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like any part of this. Uh, so the millennials' parents were Joneses, and so because the millennials' parents were Joneses, uh, the millennials were being t- were given a dual a dualistic message: be open, like like tell me how you feel, but then I'm going to micromanage how you feel. Uh, you have a voice, but then they can't get a word in. Um, they, it's like there's this, the, the, the Joneses created the millennial. Now, so the millennial is trying to point out discrepancies. The millennial is trying to point out hypocrisy or just, just problems being purposefully, willingly not addressed. Mm-hmm. Because the Joneses are so shredded. The Joneses, their hearts, I mean, gosh, the, how they grew up. And so, so when they grew, raised their kids, their kids... What they're getting now back from their kids is usually criticism. And so um, it's because the Joneses are just trying to keep it together. But, but you know, we always think our parents are invincible. So, so, yeah. so the, 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 the poor Joneses, the, the millennials are looking up at these Joneses and they're just like, listen, you say you do this, but why do you do this? You say you do this, but why do you do this? And so, and, and the Joneses are just trying desperately just to have a decent life after going through everything they went through as kids. Mm. And, but the millennials are like, no, 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 you, you need to be better. And so what happens is, is you have these millennials, millennials are motivated by negatives. Um, like what I mean by negatives is instead of saying, um, uh, I want my company to be thriving. They'll say, I don't want my company to be like that company over there. Mm-hmm. A millennial, instead of a millennial saying, um, I want to be the happiest I can be, a millennial will say, I don't want to be depressed oh, and miserable in my life. So I have to pick, I have to do something about that. Millennials tend to, even preaching to millennials, I'd have to say, okay, to almost any other generation, I could just be just clear about what we want to do. To a millennial, I also have to work in what we don't what want we to don't do or they don't trust do. it. Okay. Or they don't trust it. It's so weird. Millennials are, I, I, I don't understand millennials, to be honest with you. It's the one generation I don't understand. Well, well <laughs> and are they I've the type, if, and, you know, right. if, if they're big into the negative, are they the type then that sees a negative and almost sees that negative as a positive opportunity? Always. There's always an opportunity within the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get them away from the negative and into moving forward, they're an incredible generation. Mm-hmm. Millennials are amazing in that regard. Um, it, but their propensity is to always use that filter of the negative. If they can break uh-huh. out of that negative, they are the leaders inside millennials. You know, I almost feel as though millennials have to be split in two from older millennial and younger millennial. And let me know what you think about this. But as a millennial myself, I'm an older millennial, but I remember a time before 9-11. I remember what the world was like before Columbine. I grew up without cell phones and internet. It wasn't until high school that we got internet and it was dial-up and we were in AOL chat rooms and we were, oh my gosh, we're emailing our friends. But yet at school, we're still passing notes because we don't have cell phones yet. And it really wasn't until college that we all received cell phones. And then Facebook came along because, you know, we're all the same older, us older millennials are the same age as Mark Zuckerberg. And so I almost feel as though there's a difference between older millennials and younger millennials. What do you say about that? Absolutely. Uh, Yes. Yes. Um, because millennials, uh, you still are a generation that has a shared tragedy. And I'll get to that once we get to Gen Z. Okay. They don't. Um, 
there, um, you're the, you're the, you have this shared tragedy, at least in, in America, mm-hmm. but then in the world, you know, the world really like went all intense after 9-11. It wasn't just America. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, also you're right. You know, you had this, this life that was, that was undistracted. Uh, I, I, I have a, I have a couple Gen Z friends, um, and one of them I was talking to only a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, um, millennials and older, they actually remember traffic differently. And he's looking at me like, what? I was like, yeah, like, you know, when you're in a red light right now and the, the light turns green and you're like 20 cars back, you're not going to make that light. Yeah. Because, because every car waits for the car to go to move in front of them before they move mm-hmm. because they're looking down. They're not looking ahead. Yeah. Whereas our generations and older, the car, the car would move it as one big, uh, the, the, the line would move as one big caterpillar. Like everybody yeah. would start moving at the exact same moment. And what's funny is that all the lights are timed for that, mm-hmm. not how people drive today, which is such a weird thing to think about. But it's, it's a generational thing because now everybody looks down. Driving yes. is an inconvenience, more of what they're actually doing. And uh, he thought that was so crazy. He's like, he literally didn't believe me. I had to actually show him old cartoons and like shows and stuff where you could see it. And he's like, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, because they're looking forward. You know what's <laughs> Drivers always look forward. You know? yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know what's fascinating about what you just said is that when I was younger, we couldn't wait to get our license. Like it was a sense of freedom, but you just said it. This The younger millennials and even Gen Z, I think, yeah, they see driving as an inconvenience. And a lot of them are pushing. Yeah. And we could talk more about that in a little bit, but they are pushing off getting <laughs> their license. Like I told my kids, I don't care. You're getting your license. Like we're not going to be that family. Like we <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. But I was shocked because growing up, that was that rite of passage and that responsibility and that desire because it equaled freedom. I never thought about that, but you're right. Well, freedom meant out there, <laughs> but now out there means like, it means another, it, it mean it's harder to get into your phone out there. It's, uh, it's more annoying. Uh-huh. Okay. This generation's annoyed. They have to be outside. They're annoyed or, and we'll get to this, or they go outside to better their digital identity. There's a little anchor point for where we're about to go. Um, So uh, instead of just going outside. um, Okay, so now you get to Gen Z. So, um, man, Gen Z, Zoomers. I call them Zoomers. Uh, My my best friend, Tim, he's in Michigan out there. And he actually, uh, he he, he told me that 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 phrase had been coined, at least around him in that culture, uh, because they were on Zoom, you know, after the lockdowns. But I, I, I took it a completely different way. I just loved it. It's like they're zooming around like little hot rods or hummingbirds or bees <laughs> or something. I just, you know what I mean? Because they do. Yes. They, they, they can flip from one little idea to another and they're, 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 everything's integrated and they're just going, going, going. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're Zoomers. Yes. And of course, they also resent that because, well, every generation resents the name of their generation for the mm-hmm. most part. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah, so man, Gen Zs. I mean, I, let's let's get into it. Um, I'm in, but um, I did want to just jump from Gen Z to Alpha and then come back. Okay, um, we can do that. Because uh, yeah, so Alphas, I love them so much. Alphas are amazing. Alphas, jeez, they're just. What year does Alpha wow. start? Alpha is 11 and younger, and um, so uh, 11 years old and younger right now. Okay, and they're uh, Alphas. They're rejecting in total the 
introspective, I'm miserable, I can't deal with life, I'm a victim, and it's everybody else's fault thing from Gen Z. Mm. They, they completely reject that. Mm-hmm. They're looking at their older brothers like, are you insane? Like, like, <laughs> like can't, you, can't you see that this is going to make everything worse for you? Like, right. you, you won't even experiment with something new, like that thing. So the alphas, the, the, their older siblings, um, have propelled alphas into enjoying their life at all costs. They, they will not make a decision that will make them miserable. You can, and if they do, as soon as they see it, they'll move. Mm-hmm. They, they're, alphas are incredible, incredible people. And um, I really believe that, that uh, we're going to see a major move of God through alphas. And now I believe that the Zoomers that can actually break out of how they've been conditioned, we'll get to that in a second, will, will, will lead that charge. Um, but for the most part, uh, man, alphas, the, the only major weakness of alphas is they don't care if it's real. Mm. Authenticity is not a big deal to really? an, uh, an alpha. It, oh yeah, they, they they want their whole entire life to be a resort. So and, the uh, difference it, between an authentic person and AI doesn't make a difference to them. Exactly, really? they're the first generation when 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 pulled. Um, they actually wouldn't care if it's real or not as long as they're enjoying their life, which means they wouldn't care if they were jacked into a completely alternate reality digitally and just paying rent in there. They, they would be totally fine. Huh. Uh, the majority, which okay. is a weird thing to think about, but yes. here they are. Well, I do want to talk a little bit more in depth about alphas, but let's double back to Gen Z oh, yeah. first, or the Zoomers. Come on. Um, what I want to know is the difference between Generation Z and Millennials, because when you look at younger Millennials <laughs> and older Gen Z, they all grew up with the internet. They go, all grew mm-hmm. up with kind of the helicopter parents. You have to have the helmet, and you have to have the knee pads, and you have to have this, and, and you, everybody gets oh, a yeah. trophy. So you I'm, can't deal with life. Yeah, right. totally. <laughs> so I'm trying to yeah, figure yeah, yeah. out what's really the difference outside of age, the difference between mm-hmm. the younger millennials and the Gen Z. Oh, yeah, this is great. So whereas a millennial will say, I reject that in total, I can do it. Mm-hmm. The Gen Z will say, I believe you, I can't do it. Oh, That's really? the difference. Yeah. A millennial will say, no, this entire thing has to come down. There's a cage around me. It's invisible. I'm going to tear it down. I'm going to find the bars. I'm going to get out of this thing. Mm-hmm. A Gen Z will say, see, I'm in prison. You have to do everything for me. <gasps> okay. Where does that come that, from? That's the difference. <laughs> okay, now <laughs> we're getting we into just this. open a can yeah. of worms? Is that what I just yeah, did? Yeah, <laughs> we did. We did. You guys, like, like we're, 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 right now, we are plagiarizing dystopian fiction in real time. Mm. Like, this is, this is going to get into science fiction really fast. Okay, but, okay. I mean, just bear with me. I'm not, that we don't have to put on our tin helmets. We were just, <laughs> just, just track with me here. Um, you know, it's like, you know, digital space, you know, the, the digital reality, it is, it is not real, but it is. And what I mean by it's not is, well, obviously it's not like <laughs> it's just, you're just, you're, you're staring into light moving on a screen. Nothing's actually happening in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like a movie on your screen. It's just light moving in different places. It's actually what's just happening, but, but it's hijacking our visual cue. We can think it's real. You know, we can, we can pretend we can do those things. Well, if you do something long enough, you can convince yourself it's more real. And, and so Gen Z Oh my gosh, they, well, me, you and I, we know that if we would unfriend someone on Facebook, it, it, it's just, we just don't, we're, we're just trying to like 
I don't know, free up space or, or you know, free up the, the, the incoming information on our website. Mm-hmm. At least we used to think it like that. But now, if you unfriend someone on Facebook, it's a major statement of how you see them as a person. Mm. But it's just a product. It's just a website. It's just a product. Yeah. Like imagine the 1950s if a company could have succeeded in getting every couple to say, you know what, you're not a couple. Unless you have had a soda in this uh, in this pharmacy, and once you've had a soda shared together in this pharmacy, only then are you officially a couple. Mm-hmm. They would have thought that was totally dumb. They would have resented that pharmacy. But yet, if your if your relationship isn't Instagram official or Facebook official, you're not actually in a relationship. Mm-hmm. See, I thought it, that was just a joke. These... That something that we all say, no, oh, it's Facebook no. official, but that's a real thing. But yet to, to Gen Z and Alpha, absolutely. And so, because, well, if you didn't have the courage, is how they would put it, to tell everyone else about it, then you're not really committed. Because for them, being public is official in every single way. Hmm. And so it's, it's a weird moment, but they're, they're, they're insecure. They want to be famous because their parents, um, they, they've been pressured to do this. And now it, uh, social media has monetized their need to be famous, has monetized their insecurities. And so now you have Gen Z, they're living their lives in a digital space. This is what I mean by dystopian fiction. They, they cultivate their digital identity as more than who they really are. This is why Gen Z always says, I don't know who I am, I don't know who I am. And all the older generations, you're like, who cares? Like, <laughs> you know? We didn't know but, either, but we just sucked it I, up and did it. <laughs> Yeah, we, didn't, we don't even care. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't even care who I, who I am. What? Like, I'm going to climb this tree real fast. You want to do this with me? Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to pick some peaches or whatever. It's like, who, I don't think, who, I, who am I? Like, who cares? You know, it's like Gen Z's in this existential crisis that was manufactured for them by their parents from one end and from the digital space from another. And so it's this weird moment where they cultivate their digital identity on average of eight hours per day. Oh my word. That is mind blowing. Some even 13 hours a day, but the average is eight. I mean, and and what I mean by average is eight. I mean, every single person of that age group across the planet, this isn't just the ones that are, that are seen as influencers. This Mm -hmm. is across the earth. This is in the, in literally the ghettos of Sao Paulo, Brazil, in the poorest of the poor neighborhoods, or in the middle of Africa with a with thatch hut. But why? I, 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 it's weird. What's blowing my mind as a parent? Why? Yeah. As parents, my frustration's coming out. Would we allow this to happen? <laughs> like I, I, and I'm not saying like I'm a better parent than somebody else. I just remember as a kid, I had both parents working, and I watched way too much TV. So in my mind, I'm like, you're mm-hmm. not. And I make my kids go outside and I make them do things and I make them create. Yeah. And again, I'm not better than anybody else. I'm just blown away that we would allow our children to be on a screen for 13 hours a day. What the heck is going on? Yeah, well, um, when you're told that life is too hard for you to handle, which, by the way, is what every addict on earth believes about their own life. (sighs) And so when you're trained to believe it over and mm. over and over again, every day, day in and day out. Cause that's advertising and the addicts mentality. They coalesce. They, they're, they're on a crash course because advertising has to get you to believe your life is miserable unless you have their product. 
Mm -hmm. Well, now the product is social media. And so you have to be miserable unless you do this. But the more you do it, the more miserable you are. And it's just like it, it, it's exactly the same pathways as addiction, where you know that these, these decisions are not giving you better results, but you keep doing it, try to find better results. And that very thing has been monetized behind the screen. Like behind that, like behind the green curtain, it's, it's, it's this, this feeling of inadequacy. And I'm never going to be happy unless. And then those unlesses just propel you into forsaking your actual life, your real life. And, it, you know, I think we'd be very naive to believe that all these companies are going to see this, number one. Or, I mean, see this and value this. They, they see it. But mm -hmm. we're, it's naive to believe they're going to value this enough to pause all income streams and all users and just study the effects of this for six years before turning it back on. I mean, of course not. And so um, we actually have to be objective about this. We can't wait for the powers that be to stop and say, hey, we're all going to stop doing this for a while. You know, and even yeah. if they tried to do that, it, you know, it's just there's no we have to take personal responsibility for this. And so when it comes to these kids on the screens, we think life is too hard. We think that our life is too hard. We don't want to deal with things. And so we're already checking out too. We just think it's better because we're binge watching Alias or I don't know, whatever we binge watch now. And so, um, binge watch so, so, Alias, Brian. <laughs> well, because I'm thinking Gen Xs, you know, my Gen Xers, they're like, they're like I'm going to go back and watch something I used to watch back in the day. Um, it's like weird. But um, I don't know what, what people watch nowadays, Squid, I don't know, whatever. Um, but um, the... Uh, here we are. We think it's better because we're binge watching TV shows. But the but the Gen Z would say, no, this is better because I'm still interacting with people in real time. And so it's this strange. It's it's we're both checking out. Mm -hmm. There, but how they're checking out is actually acclimating them to stay in it. Mm -hmm. For us. For us, we use that to recharge or whether that is valid or not, but right. we use that to recharge to get back to real life. Yeah. For them, they use that as real life. It is a major difference. And so we're, we're naive. We, we, we run their lives through our experiences, but they didn't have our experience. And so, so it, it, they're, all they have is their chat rooms and their friends that they're talking to in their headsets on, on video games and Instagram and TikTok. They don't, there's not an actual other life. That life isn't annexed to real life. Their real life is annexed to that life. So how is that all it's affecting a, their real life? If their whole life <laughs> in 13 hours oh is on the gosh. screen, how is that affecting real life? And what are we going to expect down the pipe with the future, this generation working? Well, every one and of raising them families. Sorry. feels, yeah, well, every one of them thinks that famous is the rightful due, mm. not a possible, like, lottery future. Mm -hmm. They all believe that it's the rightful due. And if they're not famous, they're less worth. They have less worth because this is what's been manufactured for them. Yeah. And so they're all chasing fame. But, you, you know, four billion people can't all be famous at the same time. I mean, that's right. literally impossible. The definition of fame requires that that is impossible. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, so, um, and so what happens is you have all these people – that are living this twisted, weird way of living that only rock stars and actors lived in the 1970s. With all those neuroses and all the weird ways and all the narcissism and all that stuff, but we've created an entire planet doing this. And so, so what, now what they're doing is, is, number one, fame is more important to them than contentment and satisfaction. And so for us, we would inherently know that one day if we have a garden 
and we're out in the morning air and we're seeing the sun make rainbows through the dew and there's a butterfly that passes us and everything's quiet, that that would actually be good for us. Mm-hmm. A Gen Z, the only value that has to a Gen Z, uh, like as far as if they don't break out of their programming, which is most of them, um, right now at least, is that that moment needs to be documented so that other people would see that their digital identity includes being a gardener in the sun with the rainbow and the butterfly. Mm-hmm. And so what's, what this is doing is it's, is it's creating an entire planet of people that are living by proxy. They're, the Gen Z are living life as an addition to themselves instead of actually just living their lives. Mm-hmm. They're trying to pick out the best and worst so they can make video clips and make and cobble together an identity that they think will differentiate themselves instead of actually differentiating themselves but not even caring about that. And so um, it's weird. They don't know how to be plumbers. They don't know how to deal with their cars. They don't know how to do their taxes. I literally had a 25-year-old ask me what taxes are. They've been having them taken out of their paycheck and yet didn't have any idea what they were. No, I had an 18-year-old ask me what bank what bank their bank account is in. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? No, Why would I know yeah, that? I have a bank account. I have a bank account. My money keeps going into it, but I don't know what bank my bank is. Oh my god! And I was like, I don't know. How, I don't know how to help you with that. You have to ask your employer. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> like I don't even know how you even set that up. Like, how did that even? How did that originally get set up? You know, these kind of things. This is my. Now, these are extreme examples, but more common than you would imagine. And so Gen Z tends to. Uh, man, they're literally resenting us for not teaching them what we take for granted. So we think, because remember, when we grew up, all of life was training us. When we go outside, strangers were helping us. When we went outside, people could tell us we were doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. When we, you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I would literally, I would get, because I'm a Gen X. I mean, I'm like last feral generation. Like, when I was in downtown Sacramento growing up, the old men would sit and watch the kids play on the swing set. And that sentence today means creeper and predator. Yes. Yep. No. Mm-hmm. That, no. Until, until this last generation that we're in now, all the way back throughout history, the old men would actually, just like a puppy with an old dog, they would spend their last days remembering youth. And it was a more of a poetic full circle moment. Mm-hmm. And I would literally sit on the bench with them and talk. And there were these old Jewish men. I, and one guy literally had his, his, his number still on his arm. Wow. From a camp. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember he was so mean, but at the same time, but at the same time, he deeply cared. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even understand how you could go through what he went through and not have that combination. But, but I remember he would, he would ask me questions. Why are you over there playing? You mm-hmm. know, he's a very Jewish man, you know, and yeah. much later I worked at a bagel shop and got to help him and no one else would help him. <laughs> but I remember it as a little, little kid. I remember him. And so I'm like, I'm going to help this guy. And he always thought everybody was trying to steal his money and all this stuff. And I just loved it. But, um, but here's the deal. All the old people in our life back in the day, they were interested in our life and they had cultural permission to be. Mm. And so we take for granted all the different places in life that helped us deal with and acclimate to the world. And now everything has been illegalized. If we can imagine the worst case scenario of someone else's motivations, they are doing that right. instead of they could be doing that. Yes. We punish people for doing something we could imagine them doing. So right. we're the perverts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, if I could somehow use my perverted imagination to figure out how this person's doing something horrible, then they must be doing that. I'm like, this is a weird, twisted way of living. 
And so these kids today are living in a world so edited that, that everybody's terrified to help them deal with life, and now no one is helping them. And so as parents, we're thinking that they're learning right from wrong and, and being, like, scolded if they did something horrible or selfish in public, and yet no one is. Mm-hmm. And so they think they're being wronged if they're being told they're doing something wrong, even if they are. And so that's the difference. That's the major difference now. And so we have a world where there's so much a narcissist. We're training them to be narcissists. Yeah. I'm almost done with my rant here, but, but, uh, the <laughs> almost done, but man, the, the kids, we, they were, this is the first generation that have been told that they deserve only to be loved and cared for. And the number one priority is they think they're amazing. But if you look at every villain dictator in history, that's what they tried to do for Ooh, themselves too. Yeah. Not, we're going to help you be better people, not we're going to help you be value-added, be better neighbors, serve God, glorify Him. No, no, no. You need to think of yourself better, and you are loved. And as long as those two things, I succeeded as a parent. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. In fact, well, I would say it's not. And, but and um, I'm wondering you know, if it's a the, weird moment, you know? Well, and I'm wondering if the parents did that because they grew up hearing that they weren't loved or they, they were abused or exactly. whatever. And so yes. they're swinging the pendulum on all the way to the other end, which is doing just as That's much exactly. damage. Which is every single sin on the planet mm. can be traced back to an insecurity mm-hmm. and it's justified. Yeah. <laughs> yes, every single one of them. But, but needless to say, it was not a good idea. And so here we are. And so now Gen Z, you know, because we've had this massive experiment. You know, millennials had this experiment with parenting. All these books exploded. All of a sudden, for the first time in history, you have moms. I read this in a book, and I read this in a book, and I read. This, and the kids are just the worst ever. You know, like they're <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's, it's it's a cultural stigma now. Like it's a cliche. Like the mom has read sixteen books on parent parenting, right. and their kid has lit the house on fire fifteen times. You know, and cannot stop screaming in public. It's you like you're like, book. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like because they just didn't trust that they could actually just parent that's been going on for 2000 years because mm-hmm. they're more about what they didn't want to do instead mm-hmm. of what they did. And so now here we have it. So anyway, long, long, long thing that I just went off on, but here we no, are. No, That's know? okay. But it, it just it brought <laughs> up more questions because now I'm thinking about, okay. So the other day I'm, yes, I'm on TikTok. I'm too old to be on TikTok, but I'm on it. And so I'm watching as <laughs> these younger millennials, older Gen Zers, and they make themselves out to be victims on TikTok. And so this one girl, she's having a meltdown. She's recording herself having a meltdown. And then she says, well, I do this because I'm autistic. I grew up with an autistic brother. She was not autistic. It was just that that's the new hot word nowadays that a lot of people are diagnosing themselves with autism or just if a kid has a quirk, we're automatically labeling them autistic when really they're not. They're just weird. And so what is the deal with putting yourself on TikTok, crying and having a meltdown to to absorb victimhood? I I don't understand. Help me understand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this generation, victimization is currency. Anything that will get you attention. And the quicker you get attention, the better. Mm. This is is all about being famous. And if they can't be famous long-term, doing something that actually benefits people enough that Mm. they would be grateful for it, at least you could be famous for 30 seconds and go viral and then try to, quote-unquote, build on that. Yeah. So, now, of course, they wouldn't sit around and write out everything I just said. 
But, you know, it's a, you're stealing from them if you steal their, four, their, their, their 10 minutes of fame. But, you know, it's just like every other idol. It robs the very thing it promises. Yes. Every single time. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Every idol robs whatever it's promising you it's going to give you. Mm-hmm. And so victimization tells you it's going to produce closeness and, and, and intimacy. And, and people are going to actually have, have more access to your life and help you. Mm-hmm. But it always goes the opposite direction because mm-hmm. you resent victimization behind it is anger and resentment and it wants to tear down and destroy. It's a, it's like George McDonald, whenever he would write about spoiled kids, that's what the victim does. And so, so yeah, that, that whole moment, man, nowadays, the, the more offense you can find in any given day or any given situation the more enlightened you you are is is at least as far as that weird twisted digital world. And um, what I've noticed is you get people off of, of social media for thirty days, like in, in this generation, the young, they do that less. They have an objective perspective, but but they're they're doing something is is for as many hours as people have a full time job. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're acclimating to this world. So, yeah, that whole victimization thing, everybody needs a sickness. Everybody needs a limp. Everybody needs something that holds them back. And nowadays, I don't know if you heard of the word time, time blind. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yes. That one video that went viral. Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah, yes. time blindness. Yeah, she just made it up. Dear and Lord. so um, so what's interesting is uh, – is, you know, I, of course, in the comments or whatever, this, this girl is getting absolutely parented, which is great. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's this idea that um, because I don't come into work on time, this is actually a, a, a sickness. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that needs to be bent around and, and given room for. And then someone said, um, that's what alarm clocks are for. Yeah. So you, your deficiency is care, not not seeing the time because many people don't just know what time it is. That's not blindness. That's actually just not having a clock around you. But, um, but if you really cared, you would actually just get the thousand dollar computer in your pocket called your iPhone to actually just make sounds at a certain time that would then get you up and go to work. Mm -hmm. Um, But whatever would challenge someone to grow there, this generation is tempted to see as actually wrong. And that's so confusing because, and you touched on this in your book and you just mentioned it a little bit ago, is that Gen Zers are resentful in a way because they haven't been taught, but then when they do get taught, they're being resentful because they're getting taught. Like, make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, both, they, both, they both desire and, um, and resent the fathering they never had. That mm-hmm. is a quote in my book. Yeah. They both desire and resent the fathering they never had. So, it, you know, it's such an interesting thing with fathering because if you have it, you know how to receive it. Mm. If you haven't had it, you don't know how to receive it. And so, so you can tell if somebody's been fathered or not because they don't know how to just be rebuked. They don't know how to do that. They have no idea how to be rebuked. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even if it's a rebukable needed moment, <laughs> yeah. they don't know how to be rebuked. Mm-hmm. They, everything needs to be about their feelings. They need to feel safe. They need to feel loved. That's what mothering does. It doesn't mean fathering can't do that, and it doesn't mean mothering can't rebuke. But you have mothering and fathering, they're different. And, and so <laughs> this generation is the most fatherless generation in the history of the planet. Mm-hmm. They've been overly mothered. 
But even many of and, them um, don't have mothers. Like we're we're also living in a parent oh, I know. generation because so many mothers are checking out too. Oh, absolutely. But society has been trained to mother them, not father them. Mm, that's good. So wow. you're like, there's nothing wrong with mothering. No way. Mothering is a necessary nutrient for the human soul. But it shouldn't but be just society like any that's other doing nutrient. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, like iron is good for your, your body. But if you just lived on nothing but water and 60 iron pills a day, yeah. your kidneys would shut down and you would die. Right. And it's the same thing with mothering. 93, this is an actual stat, 93% of all serial killers were raised by a single mother who hovered mm. and would not let them be who they were. Wow. That's a, that's, that's a striking <laughs> moment. It's not like 50% or 30. It's like yeah. the majority of them, of the male, of the men. Wow. And so it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And so now what happens is, is that you... If you're told that the only thing that matters is how you feel in the moment, then the problem is that your feelings become like manipulating your own feelings and doing everything you can to be slave to how you feel becomes your life and you begin to resent it because mm -hmm. deep down that's not how we're supposed to live. Yeah. And so, but you, but you still need that balance. You need to be told that your how you feel matters mm -hmm. because it does. It's so important. Um, but this entire generation, if that's all they're told, then they'll resent anything that quote unquote makes them feel bad, including learning things they didn't know before, being challenged, failing. Mm -hmm. It's a weird, it's a weird thing we've created over right. there. <laughs> they don't have grit. I mean, that's really it. Just yeah. you and I in the generation that we, even with the shutdown, you would think that that would have created some grit, but it almost yeah. made people more frail, which I find so weird yeah oh, absolutely you know in our in our in our vehement quest in our in our hatred for um uh, fathering in our quest to remove all male influence and 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 masculinity out of culture we have also systematically removed fathering out of our culture and yeah. this is what we have now wow yeah i didn't think about that yeah. it's not even just the fathers in the home but father as, in the culture as a whole, that as a society, yeah. we're mothering instead of having both mother and the father. No, that's so good. Okay, we've talked a lot of negative things about generation Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's exactly. the easy part. It's yeah. the easy thing to take a yeah. generation. I mean, as a millennial, I grew up hearing all of the negative stuff about who we were sure. and what we were and what we were going to become. But... In your book, Zoomers, uh, let oh, me read it real positive. quick. Zoomers, yes. a manual for discipling the ultimately and in ultimately enjoying this generation called Z. So in your book, I mean, the first page, you say that Gen Z is an answer to our prayers. That is a huge yes. positive <laughs> statement. So you need to go Absolutely. into that, dive into that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Okay, yes. Well, first of all... um, you know, we have to make a break between a very hard line between who Zoomers are as a generation and how they've been trained and conditioned to be. Because mm -hmm. it's a whole other moment. You know what I mean? You, you can have who someone inherently is inside and then have them walk through a, tra a crazy traumatic experience. The, the traumatic experience isn't who they are. The traumatic experience is something we have to heal from. Right? Okay. Great. So in the same way, we have Gen Z. Gen Z is literally living in this weird dystopian nightmare where they're being, you know, trained to do all these things we've been talking about. But underneath that, 
Mm-hmm. The Gen Z has incredible, I mean, just inherently in their generation, because you have the other side of this thing. They thrive in places of emotional uh, tension and courage that we would just fold in. We would actually think it's too much to deal with. Give me an example. Like, I, I... Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for us, uh, we tend to, um, look, give me, the, give me the list of things I need to do. I'll execute it. I'll do it great. And mm-hmm. then I'll get promoted. Yeah. But if all, you're, if all you can give me is, okay, this is who this company is. And this is, this, is, this is the general idea of where we're trying to get. Like, this is inevitably, this is where we want to end up, make it happen. That would be a very abstract concept for most people outside of Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Gen Z thrive there. Hmm. Gen, Z, Gen Z will say, oh, this is where you want to end up? Then let me juggle the 16 different layers of of society and social media and expectations from others and and even the expectations of the ceo and let me just juggle all of that because guess what i do every day in social media i juggle 16 things at a time all day long i can this is easy this is turnkey and and they they can wait for a solution Mm -hmm. they can literally look at all the options and and let it slowly coalesce let that little creative mechanism in them that it's actually this just groundswell like earthquake moment (laughs) as far as how potent it really is in them Mm -hmm. to just let that creative process roll in and all of a sudden they go they get this little moment they're like oh what if we did this and they come back with the most genius solutions you're like what that's perfect and they're like yeah we should do this and the only people making a problem are the people that resist anything off of the, the checklist. The, the people that resist the creative solutions would be the, the, the ones that the Gen Z doesn't know how to work with. <laughs> the ones that are like, look, this is all well and good, but when I, whenever the Gen Z hears that, this is all well and good, but, and then whatever's coming up next, if the person is just gunning for it to remain what it used to, mm-hmm. the Gen Z doesn't know, the Gen Z will move on. Mm-hmm. If the company just keeps letting that happen, the Gen Z will move on. Mm-hmm. And that company will start being less and less relevant culturally because they, they, can't, they can't see anymore. Um, the Gen Z is, it allows us to see. The Gen Z are revealers. We're the, the, the millennial, we're deconstructionists. The Gen Z, it says, be better or I'm out. And the, whereas the millennial was be better or I'll complain, the Gen Z is just like, I'm just going to go find somewhere else that's better. And, um, and, and so it, they, they force us to be better. Um, so, but, but one more, oh my gosh, the Gen Z, the Gen Z's. So they, they've been handed this, this ability to see further in to places we're terrified to look. Hmm. So they're revealers. They're revealers. They'll, they, 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 whenever you're around a Gen Z, your weaknesses that you thought were just managed and easily hidden, and that's okay because I had these strengths over here that make up for it. No, no, no. A Gen Z, they're a product of our prayers. A very specific prayer I heard over and over again in the late 90s, early 2000s. This is what was prayed over and over. Okay. Anyone listening, if you were in prayer meetings and you're praying for this coming up generation, tell me if you didn't hear this prayer. Lord, 
Give us a generation that will settle for nothing but 100% authenticity, 100% heaven. Give us a generation that won't settle, and now we have them, and we don't know what to do. <laughs> but you said that, wait, okay, so I'm confused, though. But you, they want 100% autis- authenticity. Authenticity, yeah. But yet they're okay with uh-huh. the fakeness of the digital world. You see, but 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 that's that's a measurement that millennials, Gen X's, and Joneses would use, which is hypocrisy is the worst thing we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Gen X's don't care about hypocrisy. Our Gen Zs don't care about hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. It, it's so low on their list. Okay, they would rather be a hypocrite for ten years and finally roll in to the the hundred percent of every good thing in life, than edit at the beginning. Mm-hmm. For us, we're like, no, that's hypocrisy. I'm not even going to go over there. Okay. Gen Z are like, whoa, maybe there might be some gold over there too, though. <laughs> it's, like a, it's a whole other way of thinking. It's it's strange, but they don't yeah. care about being hypocrites. So they, they they actually want all every every good thing. They want it all. Mm-hmm. So when you said they force us to be better, relate that to the church. So in the church, the millennials. Anything, it just seemed that messed up, anybody messed up in some way, shape, or form, they just leave the church and they leave Jesus altogether, and that's what we're doing right now with the deconstruction movement. But Gen Z, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the church, if they Mm -hmm. see the negativity, they're just going to go somewhere else that's more authentic and that's doing Jesus better? Yeah, because they've been trained to unfriend. They've been trained to just quickly press a button and everything's done. We're going to start over again. So then so what happens is that I was just going to say they're, they're less likely. Are they less likely then to drop Jesus? Is that kind of where you're going with that? Well, ha-ha. so here's a, here's a, here's a thing too. And I have an entire <laughs> chapter in my book about this. I mean, we could do this all day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, but this is, this is based on literally nine to 10 hours of, com- of communication I had with my father and the Lord. I mean, he's the one that got me to write this book. So, this isn't, this is not just like, I didn't, I didn't have one sentence and then I wrote an entire book on it. This is more condensing mm-hmm. a very large global thing in, into something that could be palatable. And so, um, so with that, you know, I, I, I would, I would query whether or not they were ever in Jesus. Mm. Um, because uh, this generation now, they, we, we used to use as a measurement on how mature someone is in the church, almost every one of those has been hijacked by this generation, but it looks the same. And so as leaders, uh, my only way I knew how to deal with that is to actually start cultivating in the invisible places. Like, unless I see the fruit of the spirit, I'm suspect. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, you know, unless I see a joyful servant when no one's looking, Unless I see somebody actually displaying what the marks of an actual Christian in the New Testament would be, the unfakeable things, because you can you can fake the 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 fruit of the spirit for a short time, mm-hmm. but you can't do that long term. That's because because your own self, the same place that wants to hide, is the same place that rejects those things. So you can only fake that for so long. So and so nowadays. We're in a totally different place. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, yeah. but I'm just trying to wrap my brain around what you're saying. So really, like, they're rejecting the surface level church. Like, for a long time, it was the church of, yeah. we're, we're, what do they call it? The seeker, the seeker church, where we're just going to do Yeah, the emergent, emergent, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're thing. just going to do everything surface level, 
to bring yeah. you yeah, yeah. in and get you saved, but we're not going deep where Gen Z is like, no, I don't want surface level. I want depth. Well, because, because they know that they can quickly and easily, and they're tempted to do this. They know that they're tempted to fake it. Mm. They're tempted to, uh, you know, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, uh, Shia LaBeouf or Shia, Shia yes, whatever yes, that guy's I know name is. That actor, yeah, okay. yes. I love him. I, I just, I just want to give him a hug. He probably knocked me out, too. but I just love him. Um, yeah, he just, just his, his courage. You know, he, he fluctuates between manipulation and 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 frailty, and then utmost courage and running into the depths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love him. Um, so anyway, uh, with that guy, you know, uh, he finally. Um, I think he, he just uh, gave his life to Jesus in a, in a, through a Catholic lens, but but still uh, we we had this guy and um, this guy was uh, dealing with uh, the the addicts anonymous moment with him and they went to a beach and he said okay I want you to to say this over and over again and it's something like I'm done with this or something like that something that would be like a renunciation type moment and and he's I'm gonna go take a walk you just be here and do that and he's and and he's talking on, on this podcast and he's like I started screaming and then I went into this like and then I started acting. I started doing all this different stuff. I started saying it in different ways. I started, and the guy came back. He's all, he's like, you done acting yet? <laughs> and, and it went, and it really messed with him. Mm. He's like, you don't even, you don't even know how to say what you really mean. You mm-hmm. manipulate yourself. You lie mm-hmm. to yourself. And it really was a huge deal for him, but he had it, but this guy had to let him go and run with the line for a while. And that's, that's, that's Gen Z. Gen Z is very much, they know deep down, they know, that they can manipulate this whole this whole process. They need something that they that, that's unfamiliar with to them, which is the invisible kingdom. Mm-hmm. They need something that you can't fake. And the problem is the older generations, we've learned that in order to be influential, in order to I don't know, whatever, that that, that there's certain ways we quote unquote have to do it that do not that you cannot find in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And and for the for them, they're oracles for this. They're like, hey, hey, why are you doing that though? And well, hey, leave us alone. Like we, <laughs> I finally just got this down. It's been thirty years or whatever. And they're like, no, no, no. Like you, you need to give me what Jesus talks about. You need to give me what the New Testament is saying. Mm-hmm. That that's what I need from you in your office culture. That's what I need from you in how you counsel me. That's how I need from you when I show up at your house unannounced. I need that. And if I don't get that, I'm suspect. I don't, I don't, I don't trust it. And so what, what it, to come back to us and all of our little pet sins and all of our little things that we sarcastically joke around about and blah, blah, blah. They're like, wait, why aren't you getting rid of that? Because they want to follow. They want someone they can follow. They want a followable leader. And, and that, that's, that it, it really comes back on us, and it's a big deal. It's a big thing to, to juggle. And so um, the last thing, I mean, not last, but I mean to answer your question. They, man, these, this generation, Gen Z, they will they will come into a church or an organization and and not trust it right out the gate or they will trust it too much right mm. out the gate and mm-hmm. both are dangerous both are dangerous right and so uh um you know there's a way we can minister there's two ways we can minister that that will not be okay for gen z and most of us have been trained to minister in these ways Either A, we can minister in such a way that turns ourself into a personality or an icon to focus on, mm-hmm. or B, we can minister to turn the people we are ministering to into the icons to focus on. And both of those were so popular in the 90s and the early 2000s, and yet it is harming this generation. Like the Christian celebrity kind of thing? Because their number one idol. Yeah, that whole thing. 
Like they, they roll in and the minute they have any kind of breakthrough in their life, we want to put them on a stage. But this generation, that means something different to them. That, that is the one idol in their life. And we're trying to get them right back into it mm. because we're, we're naive to what their generation deals with. Mm-hmm. So we keep perpetuating what they deal with, what Satan's doing in this church, in, the, in this world. We're doing it to them in the church. I don't mean never get a Gen Z on a stage. But you, but we have to, we have to be aware of this. It, it, this is, this is a weird thing that nobody is talking about, and yet an entire generation is being swept away by. Mm-hmm. And it's a strange thing that we're not talking about this, and that yeah. that no one is addressing this. And well, so it's obvious to me, you know, it's just yeah. one of these weird moments, you know. Well, and we used to, I think, we put people on on stage way too soon. It's what we did with a lot of millennials and that we gave them that spotlight way too early in their ministry. And that's what's causing a lot of the fall and a lot of the deconstruction where I think you're right. Gen Z, you're not going to want to put them up right away, but we don't want to make I don't even I guess I don't even know how I'm trying to say this because we don't want to make idols out of them. But we don't want to make idols out of the elder generation either. I don't know. I guess I'm not sure where I'm going with sure. that. But I almost... Well, you know, God is moving. God's moving in them. God is doing this. God is absolutely at work. He says he has a plan for every single generation, which mm-hmm. that includes this one. Yeah. And so what, I've, what I'm seeing is there's been this, this counter movement within them. And it's, you know, the crowd's always wrong. You know, don't go with the crowd. The crowd's always wrong. It's Francis Enfuso quote there. But, um, <laughs> but he... You know, he, God is at work, and so he's drawing these these Gen Zs out of that weird deluge. And so he's bringing them into this place of, of, of courage in the heart, where they're willing to not just market and, and commodify their experience, but instead duplicate their experience in others face-to-face. And um, if they can just get out of that digital landscape currency mode, they start getting more still, and their eyes start becoming alive. Have you noticed in the entertainment world, especially singers but just in, or even actors, look at the eyes of the singers and actors in the 70s and 80s, and look at the eyes today. The eyes are dead. They're dull. They have smiles still. Everything else about their face is all vibrant and alive, and you look at their eyes, and their eyes just look dead. Mm-hmm. There's no response. Mm-hmm. It's because their eyes, their their eyes are just constantly in screens. Mm. But what I've noticed is that when they get cured of that, their eyes become alive again. Hmm. Their eyes start moving around, and and they're they're you, all of a sudden you can see life inside of there. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's what I look for now. It's one of the things: the windows of the soul. You can see when they're actually alive inside versus they're just faking it. And because um, you you could smile with dead eyes, and it's actually unnerving. And it's almost 100% of the influencers today. It's so weird to watch. So do you think that Gen Z is the most divided generation we've ever had? Because if you have kids and young adults now that are all about their screens and they're turning towards transgenderism, they're suddenly non-binary, like the LGBTQ is on the rise in that generation. But then you have the other side of Gen Z that is like, I'm all in for Jesus, and I want exactly what Jesus taught me. I mean, is this probably a, a just the most divided generation? Because that's that's a big gap. <laughs> yeah, you know, sorry for laughing, but the only people that buy into that binary, blah, 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 victim, blah, 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 the more hours they spend a day in social media, the more they think the whole planet does that. Yes, right. 
Yeah. All they all they have to do is be off of their phone for three weeks. They start questioning all of that. Mm-hmm. They're told to believe that there's a there's a there's a narrative that that it, it's entrance into the Disneyland park of of social media. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to believe the narrative, mm-hmm. and it's it's all open minded as long as you don't question the narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's it's it's entrance, it's admission into Pleasure Island, you know, like Pinocchio or whatever. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, that, that, that whole weird thing. So yeah, there, there, you, you could say that, um, because I don't think it's just the church and then this whole insane other side, even though in the spirit, it definitely is those two. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, but even, even without being born again, people can just naturally just, it just objectivity say this hurts. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but in the church, that's where the actual success, that's where the, the victory is starting to swell from hmm. is this other place is, is, you know, once again, like I said, I'm, I'm very suspect when it's just another group of Gen Z trying to be icons saying we all need to be free. I'm like, but you're ignoring the one prison that you will not address. Mm, yeah. Right. Where are <laughs> you, right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm suspect again. It's like, no, no, no. But that's the Gen X in you. Gen Z who that's don't the care. Gen X in you. It is. It really is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, I, 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 I want to see a group. I, I'm, I'm waiting for a group of Gen Z who it's just, it's just enough to have a prayer life, to be in the word and to literally just have a small group of friends that they're that they're ministering to and that they're not cataloging it and taking pictures of it and monetizing it for their digital life. Yeah. When I see that, that's when I know that there's that there's actually something counterculture actually going on. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you can, I don't it's hard to trust. I, I every leader I know across the board denominationally they will they have raised up young leaders and those young leaders now it's like they were never christians ever and they mm. had all the language down they had all the activities yeah. down because they were just trying to build a digital identity and it mm. just wasn't cool enough they had to go build another one but they have all the language and all the activities down the only way to make sure that this is actually genuine is you look for the unfakeable invisible thing and i have a chapter in my book about that yes <laughs> but you know, the things like, like the, the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, oh my gosh, long-suffering, when they actually have a revelation that their life is hidden in God, and that they love not their lives even to death. I mean, these are, these are major moments that, that, have, that have differentiated the born-again believer since Jesus ascended. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's not like, like the plan of salvation and the, the Christian life has changed just because Gen Z rolled into the planet. No, they, this is still very much the measurement. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and the Gen Z would say that this is judgmental. The Gen Z would say this is unreasonable. I would say, well, in a, in a heart that isn't born again, it is unreasonable. It's actually foolishness to those who are perishing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange moment. So I think we, um, we, you know, we can get back into salvation and what that looks like. But I would say that the majority of churches today, because of what you were saying, that whole seeker-sensitive thing, Eventually, it was just like, Jesus is beautiful, he loves you, that's the gospel, we're done. And we have a whole bunch of people that aren't born again in the church. You're beautiful, you're enough, but yet I'm still broken and I haven't healed yet, you know? Like that, yeah, I still haven't accepted your forgiveness. I still don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't submit to you. Yeah. Of course, I don't have a born again nature. I still have a heart of stone. But make me a worship leader. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So rough. 
off topic, but on topic at the same time, another positive trait that I'm noticing about Gen Z that you can speak to is that they've watched their millennial, whether it's older siblings, aunts and uncles, parents, be so far in debt because as millennials, we were told the only way that you can be successful is if you go to college for four years. Don't worry about taking a hundred grand out in debt because you'll be able to pay it off. And then you had all these people getting gender studies, like degrees and weird things that they can't find a job in. And so many people that were my age, they went to college, they got in debt, but then they ended up going back to college because they hated the job that they had, but they were told they had to go to college. And so then they accumulate more debt. And from what I'm understanding with Gen Z, they're watching that going, that's not going to be me. I'm going to go into the trades. I'm going to uh, I, I might go get an apprenticeship somewhere, but I'm going to do what I can to not be you and be my eyeballs in debt. Is that something that you're noticing? Oh, yeah. You know, Gen Z rejects college. That's even when they go to college, they could care less they're in college. They just want to go there and be a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. They, they just want their, their parents to pay for them to just destroy whatever convention they can find. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and just colleges in general. I mean, colleges aren't even what they were. You know, it's right. a whole other moment. We don't, we don't hire teachers anymore. We hire experts, mm-hmm. which can't teach, but, mm-hmm. but they're experts, so we hire them. Yeah. And so then those experts know that, and so that they, they, they turn into ideologues. They, it's just this whole other weird moment. There are, there are still colleges out there that do a, a really good job, but they're very far and few between. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say they just reject college. They, they reject because it's partial. The Gen Z will reject anything partial. If you see Gen Z in mass rejecting something, look at that something, and you will find that it's partial. Whatever it may be, okay. it's 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 not representing the very thing it say it says it's representing. Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, yeah. even conservative media. I love conservative media. I do. There's about eight people that I would love to meet, pray over, give them a hug, and then desperately get them to stop mocking this generation. Mm. <laughs> it's like conservative media is amazing, but they're not doing anybody any fa- They're not doing this generation any favors. They're not ingratiating yeah. the old to reach out to the young. Yeah. If anything, but they're the, doing every the generation opposite, has done you know? that. Every, I mean, I remember growing up and watching Gen X and everybody trying to destroy Gen X and they're lazy and they're rebels and they're full of angst. Yeah. And then when it was us millennials, we're lazy and we're this. And now we're saying Gen Z, we're they're lazy and they're this. So it's almost yeah. like, Every generation, in a sense, uh-huh. does that, I feel. But, but the difference, the, yeah. the difference, imagine this, imagine this, though. We didn't have screens yes. replaying True. over and yes. over again what, what whoever was saying about you. Yes. And over and over again. And then your generation replaying those and giving you their opinions. Yes. And the, the ones that were the most viral coming into your feed and then replaying it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yes. Generation is being fed a whole bunch of weird stuff over and over again no. and, and it's all negative mm-hmm. <laughs> no i get that that yeah. makes that makes a whole lot of sense dang i had another question too and i didn't write it down so now of course i forgot what i was going to ask you <laughs> it's okay it's okay um i mean i i can i can move on to the, the next moment i know that you wanted you wanted to talk about positives of, of gen z i just i just wanted to say one more if that's yes okay. yes um so Gen Z not only will they reject us for not giving them 100%, um, and not only can they thrive in, in creative environments where they would need to hold a whole bunch of different variables that would just overwhelm us, but Gen Z, they're, they're adventurers. They, they, they will just wildly just jump in 
to the stream of something if it's happening in the moment. Whereas for us, we'll like kind of wait around a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like if, if the Holy Spirit starts moving in a room, the Gen Z are every one of them. Like look around. The Gen Z are the ones immediately entering in. And everybody else is like, oh, I've been here before. Or, oh, you know, well, I don't know. Because it's like we have all these like weird criticisms and all these like weird other things. But when it's finally authentic, the Gen Z are the first ones in. And mm-hmm. it takes the older generations a little bit of time to to, to know the difference between what they've experienced before and what's authentic. and Whereas this generation can spot authenticity. They're so good at it. They're, well, they're, they, they gravitate toward it. And, and for whatever reason, I've never understood it, but the older generations, and it's not even the ones that are alive today, but just in, in the past, it's always been about presentation and there's always been a mask and yeah. a fakeness, I guess. And I remember coming to church and for years people would always be like, I just love that you're so real. And I never understood why would you say like, why wouldn't I be anything else? (laughs) Well, what I didn't realize was how fake some people are. And that didn't make sense to Uh me. But now we're slowly moving out of that fakeness where they where, you know, Gen Z says, no, I don't want that. I want the authenticity. And I think it makes it a little bit easier for maybe the older people that maybe are pastors and they're preaching that are real people. I think they're the ones that yeah. Gen Z is probably going to gravitate towards. Yeah. I I remember what I was going to ask you when you said that Gen Z is kind of pushing away certain narratives. A study came out, and I'm sure that you saw this because you talked about conservatives, that seniors in high school are turning out more conservative than liberal yeah. than than the millennials yep. like and then but the girls are turning out more liberal which is so weird but speak to that <laughs> but i almost feel as though they're not even positive conservative they're more angry conservative because yeah. they're sick yeah. of being told you're terrible because you're a man yeah you know um uh the war against men you know once again you know you 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 have any movement that <laughs> That, that thinks that it can rely on bitterness, rebellion, offense, mm-hmm. um, and scandal to solve something else that's out of the order of heaven. You know, the, it, no, nothing out of the order of heaven can be solved with something else out of the order of heaven. Mm. The minute somebody says it can, especially in the church, it should be rejected. Yeah, because so good. And that's how we get deceived a lot, even in the church. We, we, somebody says something, this is how church splits happen. Like, it's so weird. It's like you have one side that is just trying to stay soft, and the other side is usually hard and accusatory. And then the hard and accusatory move out, and then that that church usually falls apart Mm -hmm. because it's based on hardness and (laughs) accusation. Um, It's just so in the same way, you had feminism that I think originally was rooted in a first wave feminism was amazing. Sheldon Vonnegut, he's the one that, 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 that coined that term. He wrote a book called A Severe Mercy. Highly recommend that book. Um, by Sheldon Vonnegut, uh, Severe Mercy, um, but uh, him and his wife, and uh, he called her Davy, and she was a, um, a, a composer, and he was a writer, and they met C.S. Lewis in Oxford, and it's this amazing story, but um, he was just he was just so enthralled with his, his wife's ability to cultivate and to see into the abstract principles of the world and, and to minister and to lead, and he was just so weir- wary of how hard it was for her to find a place to do that. Mm-hmm. And so he was part of first wave feminism and first wave feminism was amazing. Yeah. I wish it would have been called something else. <laughs> right. I wish it would have been called something like 
being human in the eyes of God. Right. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, but then you had, you get into like Gloria Steinem and like Paglia and all this like weird stuff in the 70s. Oh my gosh, where yes. Everything was a revolution. Everything had to be bitter and angry yes. and scandal. And somehow we were going to build on that. Right. But you can't build on that. Mm-hmm. But we've tried. And now it's, it's, it's this massive skyscraper teetering on sand and it's just falling apart. It's swaying in every direction. And now you get into the men. And now we've been in a, we're in a culture now where if, if anyone says anything that would just be just literally a balanced view, but from a man's perspective, someone has to make a, a qualifying statement about it. Mm-hmm. It's just we're so far on the other end that it's so weird. It's like um, the woman is right all the time. Like no yeah. means no. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. But now you have a new movement where women have monetized that and are actually manipulating it on in, in, in large numbers. Mm-hmm. And so the men are over here like, wait, what? And like, like how would I? It's so terrifying to even get married for most men because yes. they're, especially when, how many, how few young men and women even know how to pick a, a satisfactory and, 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 and value added kingdom husband or wife, you know, it's it's like a crapshoot even 40 years ago. Well, now, not even just oh gosh, to pick you know? someone, but to even approach them. I saw a kid on TikTok the other day. <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. girls, tell me what to do. You hate it when we approach you because you feel like we're being a creeper, but then you hate it when we don't approach you because then nobody exactly. thinks you're attractive. And so guys yeah. are so confused. Yeah. We're totally getting off topic. But, <laughs> but... Yeah. So now, now what happens is, is what used to be as a good idea for a man to be, he must be, or he's just going to be in a, in a sea of loneliness his whole life. He has to have courage. He has to have, mm. a, he has to already have conquered the fear of man. Mm-hmm. He has to already be a natural leader. He has to be a stigma. He has to be able to roll in and say, Hey, this is what I see in you. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And she's all, whatever creeper. And he's like, well, you can think I'm a creeper all day long, but at the end of the day, like, like, what would you want? Would yeah. you want, how, you tell me what would be a possibility. There's no way. So I'm approaching you like this. Mm. Like this is the only, it's the only way left. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's boiling down into the very, the very uh, essence of necessity now. But it's the authenticity it's, it's, that you, you know? just said. It's, it's, all, it's being yeah, the, you, the most you authentic it. you can be. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, so now these men, these, 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 uh, these conservatives, you know, <laughs> conservatism, I mean, you know, we can get into politics, I don't want to do it, but I can just say this, that, that you, you taste the fruits of bad decisions and policies long enough, mm-hmm. you will move to the other way. Yeah. And, and so, so, so it, I don't care how many times somebody says, no, 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 you have to believe this and the other people are evil. Well, when those other people that are quote unquote evil, whenever you see them leading, you, your life is better. Eventually, you're just going to be like, like, I don't care what you say. I liked, I liked $2 gasoline. Like I, I liked right. this, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, I liked road trips and everybody just being able to be creative and complain all day long, you know, yeah. versus desperate or where their next bill is going to be or whatever. And right. so, um, and that's you know, so going... this is what you're looking at now, oh, you know, mm-hmm. that's okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it's just going to say, I was just going to say, it's like going back to the whole, I'm rejecting college thing. I'm, I, I mm-hmm. saw the negativity of what is happening, and so I'm going to reject that, and I'm going to do something completely different. So, okay, the book, again, is called Zoomers, a manual for discipling and ultimately enjoying this generation called Z. I love that you have written this book. There's a lot of gold nuggets in it, but and I know that you discuss this in the book, but I want to know, speak to the older generation now, how we can best help those and Gen Z. So speak to 
the dads and the moms speak to the pastors? I mean, first of all, they need to buy your book. Like that's the first step to help a Gen Z buy your book. Amen. But then what's the Amen. second thing that they can do? Um, well, uh, we have to go back and, and step back through the fire. We have to go back and we, we, we have to allow ourselves to, to have a baby skin heart again. Mm-hmm. And whatever the enemy would say about that, we just have to reject it and go do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, God has never told you that you don't have enough um, uh, fodder in the spirit and in your soul to go back and, and challenge things that, that he wants you to challenge. Mm-hmm. You, you have to go back and challenge these things. But the enemy will say, oh, it's too much. It's too much for you. You can't do it. But you can do it. Yeah. And the only way to reach a Gen Z is to, is to I mean, I, the only way that I would see that has any lasting worth and effect in reaching Gen Z, I'll say that much, um, is to go back and say, I want to be better. Not you have to be better. I want to be better. Okay. Can we do this together? Mm-hmm. Like, I want, to, I want to teach you the things you wish you knew. That mm-hmm. is a major statement for a Gen Z. I okay. want to teach you the things that you wish you knew. And another one is this. I want to tell you who you are. If you can do those two things for a Gen Z, you'll be value added. But here's a major one. Oh, Rich, I'm so glad we landed here. You guys, every generation that's older than Gen Z, please hear me. If you if you not heard anything, hear this. <laughs> You cannot hold love for ransom until you are honored and respected. You cannot do it. If that's what you do, you, you are not prepared and ready to, to lead or minister to, to Gen Z. You're not ready. Well, and that's not Jesus. You, well, of course, but this is definitely humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, Jesus so, gave so love here, unconditionally. Yes, even if we, especially when he was dishonored and, and, yes. and, and unloved. So, but what's weird is that inside the church, you, in every quarter of human civilization and society, people will withhold love until they are loved and honored. Yep. And, and so when it comes to Gen Z, Gen Z push back against that. Mm. They're like, how about this? How about this? This is my only way I can tell who's authentic. Are you going to walk through this fire with me? Hmm. I'm I, like, like, I, I almost called you gentlemen because I you do all the time, but whatever. I want to call you gentlemen. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listeners, I call her gentlemen all the time. Okay. So, um, look, the, 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 there's this moment here where, just like in the church, the only way I know how to see a, 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 an actual, truly truly Christian Christian is to wait for the, the secret serving and the actual fruit of the Spirit to arise in them when they're doing their worst. And the same way, at Gen Z, the only no way they know how to find an authentic 100% bought-in believer or parents, unfortunately, is through accusation, offense, scandal, and manipulation. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to love them through that, I don't mean call what they're doing good, right. but you still love them and you honor them. And if they're a man, you still respect them. Mm-hmm. You, there's this moment in there. And, and if we can stay there and we're like, look, look, this is, this is completely not okay, but I still love you and I'm still here for you. And mm-hmm. eventually you're going to realize this. You're going to see this. And when you do, I'm still going to be here for you. Mm-hmm. Some of them will cut you out of their life. Some of them quickly. Some of them will, the quick conclusions is currency for a Zoomer mm-hmm. because, because social media demands it of everybody. You have to come to quick conclusions and strong opinions immediately. 
And so they will do that to you because they're being conditioned and trained by this generation, by, by this uh, digital world. So as a parent, as a father, we, we need to, to, to be a voice for them. We need to come into their experience. Please buy the book. I, I'm not even trying to make a million dollars here. I, I wrote this for you. Yeah. Um, I'm, almost, I'm almost tempted. I tell people sometimes, like when I'm <laughs> interviewing, like, if you can't afford it, I will give you a book. Like, please read this. <laughs> like, really. And mm-hmm. so um, as parents, as fathers, you have to be able to tell someone they are wrong gently. Yeah. You need to, to separate withholding love from giving someone the truth. Mm-hmm. You can't just go on automatic pilot on how your parents did it. No, you have to actually be looking them dead in the eye and saying, I love you and you're wrong. Mm. And, and not being, and it's actually still, and, and I'm not leaving. Yeah. I love you. You're wrong. And I'm going to do this with you. Mm-hmm. That's what a father has to say. If you, if you pick any, if you remove any of those three out, you're going to lose them. Yeah. And they're gonna and they're gonna test each one of those three. Yeah. Because because everything around them is crumbling. Everything around them is a nightmare internally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and so mothers. It, it it has to be more than just you are loved and you need to know it. It has to be it has to be holding it down for what's right and what's true. Mm-hmm. And we have to go beyond just making sure our kids feel a certain thing. Right. We actually have to help them cultivate, help them learn how to cultivate their own hearts, mm-hmm. help them cultivate stillness. Don't take the easy way out and hand them a screen. Mm, yep. We have, to, we have to actually be able to cultivate in our own life and, and to maybe lay down, not even maybe, lay down all the multitasking, do one thing at a time. Tell them they are worth your time. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have it all spinning at the same time. Right. It's impossible. Yeah. It, what is being asked of women today is actually impossible. Right. No one can do it. Right. And so just you just have to just reject all of that. And then in the process, you will model for them rejecting all of what's being put on them. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. That's so good. Brian, I would love to continue, but we're going on like an hour and a half. So can we, I, know, st- I, know. <laughs> I want to schedule yeah, a time yeah, for you to come back because I do want to have an alpha generation conversation. Like it's great to talk oh about gosh, Gen Z, but I know for me yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. my youngest is an alpha. Like I have two Gen Zers that I'm raising, but they're I at the tail them. end, but I want to, I want to have a conversation about Gen or about, yeah, alpha generation. So can we, can we schedule that? <laughs> I would absolutely love it. Can I just close with something? Can I yes, just do that? Yes. Can I just say this? That that look, God is not worried about this generation. Mm, God is not sorry. telling us that we can't reach them. Like whatever we say as our first response, the best thing we can do is to run it through and ask God, God, did you say that to me? Mm. What whatever it is, whatever the the, the resistance would be that mm-hmm. we would go back to God, did you say that? Mm-hmm. And if he didn't then it's one of two voices and it's fighting God. And so it's a really good thing to slow down and, 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 and take store and reject that thing. If it's fighting God, anything that fights God, we reject it. Right. Yeah. And so, so, so whatever we hear, any, any challenge that's been handed today in well, whatever comes after well, comma, <laughs> run it through. God, are you telling me that? I don't mean, well, there's grace to still resist. Yeah. Well, sure, there's grace, but but God gave us grace to do His will. Mm-hmm. He didn't He didn't provide grace so we could still be at war with Him. 
Right. He, he provided grace so we could do his will and stand back up and immediately do it again. Mm-hmm. This is what grace is for. Yeah. And so may we partner with God in this season for this generation and rise up and, and utter joy and more satisfaction and even more completeness and wholeness is, all, is waiting on the other side of all of this. Mm-hmm. It's not more exhaustion and just we're just filleted alive. No, we're not. We're, we're not victims. We, you know, we could be martyrs but in the actual way that that means. And so God is at work in this generation. He's raising up inside of them a counterculture movement that, that he's inviting us to be a part of and to help steward and to help strengthen. Mm-hmm. That's the invitation. I love that. I love that so much. The book is called Zoomers, A Manual for Discipling and ultimately enjoying this generation called Z. So I highly recommend the book. Uh, if you're a parent, if you are a youth pastor, any type of minister, coach, whatever, you need this book. I'm going to make sure that I put that book in the show notes. And so, Brian, I need to have you back because we need to talk further. But thank you for Gentlemen, being here. Gentlemen, it's been awesome. <laughs> Come on. Thank you so much. loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next time.